Welcome to The Stare Down, sports talk and real estate with Sean Carpenter of Coldwell Banker in Columbus, Ohio, Bill Risser of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida, and Todd Meininger of Cummins, Georgia. Listen in as they discuss the week in sports and toss in a pinch of real estate too. Now your hosts, Sean, Todd and Bill. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to a Father's Day edition of The Stare Down. Super excited to be joined by my good friends, Bill Risser, Todd Meininger, and Shea Brewer. I'm Sean Carpenter, Columbus, Ohio, and this is our Sports Talk and Real Estate show. We get together every week and talk sports with a little bit of real estate tied in at the end. Uh, but guys, we had a, a busy, busy weekend of golf and World Cup kicking off, Major League Baseball in its peak, College World Series kicked off. A little bit of NBA free agency as some people start making rounds and some rumors start hitting the airwaves. So let's talk sports, but let's first find out how our hosts are doing. Bill, how are, how's it going down in St. Pete? Happy Father's Day, buddy. Thank you. Happy Father's Day to you too and to Todd. Um, things are in Shay. One day we'll wish that to you too, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's laughing, so I guess that's good. So uh, my my day was great. You know, think about it. Uh, uh, my best version of a Father's Day is golf in the morning. Um, a couple of beers with some buddies that are that are doing the same thing, and then uh, heading home to watch golf for the next six hours, followed by a dinner of my choice. Are you kidding me? It doesn't get any better. <laughs> How about That's you? awesome. Yeah. Todd, what, what about you, bud? Oh, hey. Happy Father's Day, guys. Uh, so um, although my kids were in Denver, Colorado, so I didn't get to see them, which was you know, a, little, uh, a little tough, uh, my son was playing in a lacrosse tournament. And for the second week in a row, they won the tournament. So his three-week season in summer's over. He finished third – or I'm sorry, his team finished third, and they won two in a row, um, which is outstanding. Uh, really thought he turned the corner. Um, I saw him last week and the week before. Uh, skills-wise, attitude-wise, very aggressive, confident, happy. It's, it's so fun to watch someone happy, happily playing sports. I'm sure uh, Bill, you and Sean uh, remember maybe – uh, your kids playing golf. Um, so from that point of view, uh, sad I didn't see him, but very happy. Uh, my daughter Kate was cheering on her brother and had a great time and going to have a great time in Denver this week. And then uh, glad to talk to my dad on the phone, 82 years old, just moved to the beach. And Sean, you and Bill and I exchanged some uh, texts back and forth. Um, both your dads uh, passed away way too young, but you guys are uh, – Doing a great job honoring them and um, remembering them, and I'm sure carrying on their legacy with with your kids. So overall, a great day, Sean. Awesome, Shay. What's going on with you, buddy? What's going on in the Pacific Northwest? I understand you're experiencing some some storms as we speak. Yeah, we've got bad weather rolling in right now, um, which it's kind of tough for all the, the families out enjoying a little barbecue action for Father's Day. This is my first Father's Day without my father. He's back at home in Atlanta, and I'm here in the Northwest. But you know, I wish him a happy Father's Day. I was able to. FaceTime a little bit today and so got a little little fill of family um great week great weekend for me uh my friend from Atlanta Shana came in my girlfriend came in and we uh went to see Kevin Hart funny man Kevin Hart on Friday night wow how was that (laughs) it was good it was good it was really really good he's a funny 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 guy yeah it's um yeah just just hour and a half just straight jokes the entire time It it was entertaining for sure Nice. And then did a little hiking yesterday. Got to enjoy some weather here and do a little hiking before the bad weather rolls in today. Cool. Shay, what's your dad do in Atlanta? So my dad is actually retired. He retired from State Farm. He was a regional claims adjuster for State Farm for 30-some years. Mm. 37 years, nice. I want to say. So now he's just like a good neighbor, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Well played. Well played. Uh, it's all about branding, baby. Hey, and right. Kevin Hart's a big uh, – he's playing a little poker now in the sports world. I guess that's kind of a sport. We could argue that. But he's uh, he's mixing up on the high-stakes game. Amazing, amazing that you knew that, Todd. Yeah. <laughs> hey, sorry. Don't hate me. It's all good. <laughs> I said amazing. I didn't say hating. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Bill, I, uh, I got to play – you guys knew I was going to play uh, in our parent-child event. We had a full field. Uh, uh, they tried to do it Father's Day weekend, and uh, it was – a fun full field and I uh, got to play with Riley and Ryan. We did a little two person scramble. So dad had to hit shots for, for both kids. Uh, so I was tired by the end of the day, but uh, Ryan and I put together a little 64, 600 uh, came one stroke out of the, out of our 
uh, first place in our little division there. And Riley and I uh, shot a 65 um, and uh, didn't did, 61 won the older kids division. Okay. Um, uh, but I'm very impressed. I sent you guys both some videos of the kids swings and uh, smooth. We had, a, had one of those days where the, we all got along. Uh, Riley just unbelievable. Hadn't played around to golf since uh, October of 2016 and hit the ball just bombed it down the fairways, uh, you know, hitting from the ladies tees, Bill, it was nice because we played a lot yeah. of her, her shots, uh, you know, yeah. and, and Ryan, it's just, I mean, it's almost 50 yards past me. It's like watching some of the <laughs> shots by DJ and Kepka today. Uh, yeah. you know, just when you see that, that the little meter in the top right hand corner, it shows the carry, uh, and it gets to like 320, 325, four yards on a carry, you know, Kepka yeah. versus Fred Funk, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. It was, a uh, so it was, it was, it was a fun time and, uh, a, a good, a good father's day weekend. It made me very proud to see my kids, uh, getting along and, and uh, enjoying the game that I've loved for so many years. So let's talk about golf. Let's talk about the U S open. We saw a, uh, kind of a, a very exciting um, last four days in Shinnecock, Shinnecock Hills out in Long South Island, Southampton. Southampton. Yeah, yeah. Southampton. Uh, you know, um, you don't really get a feel for the course when they keep showing it from the overhead. All, all you see is, you know, the course going this way and you see the, you know, interesting. It, I'll kind of jump to the yesterday at the end of the round. Um, the, the, the fans were very sparse and a lot of people were talking on Twitter and stuff saying, where is everybody? Well, the trains leave at 7 p.m., mm. uh, and that's the last chance you have to get back towards the city. Uh, otherwise, you're either calling an Uber or probably paying triple surge prices or, or even more, um, or you're walking. Um, so, uh, you know, they, they really had to think about that, and, and today's earlier round kept the crowds there. But let's just start with you, Bill. What, what were your thoughts on what you saw in the U.S. Open won by Brooks Kepka for the second year in a row, just the seventh time uh, in history that a player's gone back-to-back to win the U.S. Open? Uh, last time it was done was 88 and 89 by Curtis Strange. Yeah, you know, for me, it's uh, watching the the carnage on cut day, right? Um, you know, I, I, I'm in a, I've been in the league for 15, close to 15 years now in golf, and I have to pick six golfers in the majors, you know, and you can only choose a golfer three times throughout the course of a year, so you try to parse it out. And I ended up picking first, second, and third. I, I had Kepka, Fleetwood, and DJ. Wow. But I also picked Woods, McElroy, and Speed. <laughs> Missed cut. <laughs> did not play the weekend, right? So, yeah. uh, and they doubled the points, and they did this whole thing, and so I got slaughtered. And if you would have That's- listened to yourself on the stare down last week, you would have picked Tony Finau as a dark horse. I loved him. You're right. And I, but I <laughs> took Fleetwood. Jason I said, I, I said Fleetwood and Finau, and I think yeah. I talked about Kepka too. If you listen back to the last one, I think yeah. I talked about all three of them. Um, but yeah, you know. So for me, it was the. It's just that inevitable. Um, you know, who's not going to make the cut thing in a major. And, you know, I've said this before that commentators get a little wild, crazy about how good Spieth is about how good uh, McElroy, you know, when, when he was in his heyday, like maybe the second coming of tiger, absolutely not even close, never a chance. Neither one will be what he was. <laughs> There's no way. And we got to get over that. You know, when somebody wins two majors in, in, in five or six, you know, attempts, that doesn't mean they're going to go on to win 14 of their first 40. It's just Bill, you're waffling happen. a little bit, Bill. You're waffling a little bit. <laughs> what do you mean? Am I, am I, am I feeling, <laughs> I'm not, I'm being a little wishy-washy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I look, I, I like speed. I like Rory. They're just not all that. That's all. Not yet. No, not yet. Not yet. And it's too late. You know, Tiger was uh, in 1997. He was 21 when he won his first masters after shooting 40 on the front nine and destroying the field by eight shots. And in 2000, when he won the U.S. Open, like slam, 15 right? strokes. Yeah. Yeah, think about that. He shot 12 under. Ernie Els and someone else were tied for second at plus three. Mm. We're not going to see that again. I mean, Rory tried, but we're not going to see that. So yeah. that's it. But I, I, I'm, I'll go on forever. if we. And there's lots of other things to talk about. So yeah, so Todd, just, just thoughts overall on the, on the tournament the last four days and, and Kepka emerging as, as a winner kind of a, on a slog to the finish and, and, and you know, we saw a perfect example of why you want a two-stroke lead going into the last hole, right? <laughs> well, yeah. First of all, I agree with Bill. Um, as time goes by, um, Tiger's legacy will grow and grow, kind of like Jack's does for a different mm-hmm. reason. But, gosh, what he did was amazing. And everyone's rooting for one more comeback, and we may see it. Who knows? We may see it. So, really weird, weird, weird major, right? So, we had people like pros just – kicking and screaming how unfair and awful the course was. And meanwhile, you got Brooks Kepka, who 
repeated a U.S. Open, which, I mean, if we stop and think about it, it's uh, what a major accomplishment. Just right. Not, Argu- it, arguably it, the hardest testing golf, right? right? Yeah, unbelievable. And, um, God, you know, I hope no one says anything bad about DJ. I think he was in it the whole time. Uh, had a horrible day yesterday, obviously plus seven, but, God, he was grinding to the end. Um, you know, golfing with his buddy Brooks, so give him props. Um, you know, Tony, you know, Tommy Fleetwood, we can talk about him. He posted 63 today and sat around for four hours with his brand new son and, and wife just watching. What a Father's Day miracle that would have been. Um, and unfortunately, Sean, I'll defer to you, but I think a lot of attention is going to go to what happened yesterday on 13 with, with probably the second greatest golfer of our era. And, uh, I have strong opinions about that, but uh, I'll, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you lead the uh, topic conversation. Yeah, well, let's let's uh, let's do this. Let's let's actually start back on Thursday. Um, in what was you know as soon as the I forgot to ask Shay what he thought about the tournament. I don't think Shay even watched, but Shay, did you <laughs> did you see anything? Do you have any anything to say about? Do you know who Brooks Kepka is? There's a tournament going on right now. I thought that was in March. <laughs> yeah, there is a tournament. It's called the World Cup, right? <laughs> No, I'll let you guys talk about the golf. All right. I'm totally out of it. <laughs> all, right. all right. So I want to go back to Thursday, Bill and Todd, because you know we were all kind of tuned in and we were we were texting and we were watching. We talked. We did our preview show the night before, um, and right out of the gates, we saw you know carnage was happening. I mean, the guys were doubles and triples, and and you know Tiger starts off and and hits the hits the fairway on the first hole, and then airmails the green, not even close. I mean, just completely airmails the green takes him three to get on the green and then misses the comebacker and, and starts with a triple bogeys the next hole and just, just could not ever get it going. Um, scores were high. We, we saw the British amateur champs post a 92. Uh, there was more scores in the eighties than there were in the sixties. Speed um, couldn't find a way, right? Yeah. Speed couldn't find a way. Uh, you know, DJ just kind of plotted along. DJ makes a great save on his first hole of the day. Uh, and, and just, you know, it, the course was just brutal. And then the second day, the guys that the guys that played early and late really got the the, the worst of it because the early shift on Monday got some some weather or uh, on Friday I guess it was um, other way around I think it was early late was the was the better right right because yep. the rain um, but uh, just what do you think of the, kind of the vibe of the course you know as it started and and we started seeing all the stars. I mean, like once again, we kind of picked our most likely star to, to not make the cut and we all picked one. Um, but it wasn't just one. It was Jason day. It was Jordan Spieth. It was Tiger Woods. It was Bubba Watson. It was Rory. I mean, it was just uh, a lot of, a lot of blue chippers didn't make it. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of what, you know, Todd, I think the words came out of your mouth that you really thought not that Kepka isn't one of them. He clearly is, but, um, we, we, you know, we were kind of hoping for a a leaderboard of those guys. You, You take the guys that got cut and that's a great leaderboard, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they got cut. Right. So you you asked the vibe. So that, I mean, I'm on record. Uh, you know, I thought it would be a blue chip board. And it ended up, it's funny how golf works. It ends up yeah. being a pretty good leaderboard. Um, yeah, if you look at one, two, three, four, five, they finished plus one, plus one, plus two, plus three, plus four, plus five. But, you know, you've got Kepka, you've got Fleetwood, DJ. DJ yep. Patrick Reed, defending Masters champion, and Finau. I mean, that's a pretty strong leaderboard. Yeah. And Finau, uh, Finau and Berger, I mean, they started today, uh, horrible and they both, they both grinded and scrapped. Um, yeah, they both shot even. It was a war of attrition out there. It was crazy. So the big elephant in the room, to me, there's two big elephants in the rooms. One is the, is the golf course unfair? Is it wrong? Did the USGA get wrong? Uh, at the end of the day and guys, I'm, I'm opening this for your opinion everyone's got to play in the same golf course, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the big complaint was it favors luck instead of skill. Um, and that was a big complaint. But I think round four, maybe they got it right. I think they maybe settled down. Um, the second thing, Sean, and you spoke outwardly about it a lot, it seems like Ryder Cup, 17th hole of Waste Management in Phoenix and the U.S. Open, the crowds are allowed to be just obnoxious. And it, and why is it accepted in the U.S. Open? Uh, I mean, it's it was brutal. Ian, Pol- Ian Poulter said he's like, "Hey, I got thick skin, but it's just it was a Ryder Cup, you know, event. I'm getting killed out here just because yeah. I'm a Brit, right?" So 
anyway, that's those are my initial thoughts. What do you guys think? Well, let's, let's I'll talk about that real quick since you brought it up. I think that first of all, I think Fox can control a big chunk of that. I really do. I mean, yes, it, it was like Fox Mike the first of all, I dig the microphones in the cups. You hear the ball hit the cup. Mm-hmm. I love that. Rattles, right? yeah, rattles. That's cool. They got little mics in every cup. There's no need to have that sort of intensity on the microphones on the crowd. Just oh, the boom mics on the crowd were horrible. As, as soon as Thursday passed and every Yahoo coming up from the city going to the open, you know, heard what, how clear it was and how you could say whatever the hell you wanted to say and get your moment in the sun, then they're all just turning into a bunch of drunken losers. So you got to just shut it off. In fact, you heard tape delay. I think every now and then there were some inappropriate things said and sound went quiet for three seconds because somebody's hitting a dump button. You know, back at the yeah. Uh, you know, well, so, they did. They missed the dump button yesterday, big well, time. Tiger, it, it, Tiger got nailed on Thursday too. Well, t- yeah, not just from the players, uh, from the oh, fans. Uh, yeah. There was there was one that was out, uh, very not safe for work. You know, yep. uh, two guys talking about some you know ex- escapades that uh, clearly shouldn't have been on TV. Yeah. And, so so yeah. that's that's on Fox. You know, and, and some audio guys doing their job, but there's a producer somewhere who's got to get hammered for that. Just yep. turn it off. I don't care if you turn it way down, turn it off. I, I just need to, I don't need to hear. Yeah. The Baba Booey, the, 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 the yeah. mashed potatoes, the, the guy yelling at Finau on his third shot in the 18th hole saying, how's your ankle? Yeah. You know, exactly. Maybe twisted his ankle. I mean, yep. What, what so, a tool, you know, like I said, shut the mics off. It's an, it's an easy fix. I, I, that was ridiculous. Yeah. And but, I'm a Baba Booey fan, but if, <laughs> I am too, if, but. <laughs> it's every, if it's every fifth hole, it's cool. Right. But, but when it's every second it gets old, right? Yeah. You talked about the course and I think that, uh, it, they they all do play the same course, Todd. Mm-hmm. But if you had an afternoon yesterday, Saturday afternoon, when that course is baked out and windy, and windy, and the, if you looked at the scores for people to teed off from well, oh, look at Burger, look at Burger and Finau. You know? Yeah, they they both had sixty sixes, and nobody would. Everybody else, the average score went way up in the afternoon, and that's you know. So I guess it you know the leaders should be the better golfers, and they're going off later, so they should get a tougher test, I guess. But when you you know, the, I love them talking about the course being on the edge. It's not really the courses on the edge, in my opinion. It's the pins are on the edge. Mm. If, if you're going to put pins that close to disaster, right? I know they're the best in the world, and they should play to the right side of the pin, but it doesn't always happen. And if you miss a putt, you go like two feet past on a putt, you shouldn't be you know, hammered with a 30-yard roll. 30 feet, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, so you, can you move that pin four or five more feet away from the disaster? Still have it, you know, cause a little bit of havoc. Not as which much. is a great segue on the fast missing putts to the controversy yesterday. That um, once again, controversy, yes, uh, but I guess maybe because the carnage or the or the bad play was so so um, everywhere on the course, Fox just could not let you know. And once again, it's, he's he's one of the biggest stars in the game. Todd, you're right. He's probably one of the probably the, you know one of the top players of the generation. Second uh, as far as numbers of wins. Um, Phil Mickelson on the 13th hole. Uh, hits it short of the green, uh, chips it up, it rolls back, he gets it past the hole, and then misses the comeback putt for bogey. As the ball, and then jogs. Yeah, well, as the balls <laughs> as the balls rolling past, it was a horrible putt. He missed it by you know four inches. As as he he clearly overhit it. Uh, as it's rolling back towards the front of the green, it, it was gonna go down the hill again and have to play that shot over. He picks up his pace he runs to the ball and as it's rolling off the green he takes a stroke at it and hits it back the moving ball hits it back to the hole almost hold it (laughs) almost hold it but 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 you know hits it four feet past um thereby invoking rule 14.5 which is you cannot hit a moving ball there's only three times you can hit a moving ball that it's an exception that's if if it's falling off the tee if it's in moving water so if you're trying to play a stroke out of a creek and it's moving as it's as it's being hit or if you're already in the middle of a shot, like when TC Chen hit the ball twice, so you hit it and then you hit it again yeah. while it's moving. Yeah, uh, th- those are the exceptions. Um, the question became, should he have been disqualified for stopping the ball when it was moving? Because technically by hitting the stroke, he, he stopped it by changing the direction the way a, a pitched ball is stopped by the bat hitting it. Right. Yep. Um, but I think, I think the way the rules were invoked, I agree. It was, the right call that he did play a stroke on a moving ball and Phil's, I don't want to say to his defense, but his response was he knew the rules. He knew almost like premeditated. He knew at some point in time he was going to use these rules to his advantage. He was waiting for it to happen, right? Yeah. And he ended up scoring a two stroke penalty, making a 10 because he, his fifth shot was going off the green. His sixth shot was the moving ball shot. 
then he's seven and eight into the green, into the hole, and then the two-stroke penalty. Bill, let me turn to you, and then we'll let Todd go on yeah. his, sort of a, his, uh, his, his diatribe. Are you anticipating a rant, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> so, first of all, I think they, they got it right because there's precedent for this, right? You had uh, John Daly did this in the t- 2000. He did it at uh, Pinehurst. Uh, Pinehurst, and then you also had Kirk Triplett did it in 98 at the Olympic Club on that 18th hole. That was a nightmare for now, Payne Stewart. Kirk Triplett physically stopped the ball. He did, and he, he did not get he DQ'd. stopped it. He yeah, because he was, he, he was going to miss the cut anyway. Yeah. yeah, so they didn't DQ him, but, you know, he could have. they could have, you know, taken care of that. So I think there's precedent for him not to be DQ'd. Um, but, you know, I think it's, if it's anybody, if it was just some guy, just some guy we barely knew, I don't yeah, care. Yeah, Brandel Shambly said, if it, if it was Pat Perez. now. Yeah. Yeah, anybody else, we don't even care. But it happens to be one of the most likable guys in golf that, you know, kind of just pulled a move. And uh, and so I, I want to hear. I, it's funny because I really don't know where Todd's going to go. I, I definitely have my feeling they'll let Todd go first. So uh, don't you give me the mic. Hey, Shay, <laughs> buckle up. Here you go. So not only the most likable guy in golf, he is by far the most knowledgeable guy in golf, right? I think he's a geek. He's a golf geek. He knows every rule. He knows what's illegal, what's not. Do I like what he did? No. Do I think that should probably be illegal in DQ? Yes. But I am 100% certain he knew the rules, right? He's on a USA, USGA course that is impossible to play. He's plus 11, plus 12, not going to win. He strikes a putt and he goes, holy shit, that ball is going to roll down and I am going to have to do the same chip I did again and face the same putt again. And he said, screw it. And I think he was trying to hold that putt and take a two-stroke penalty and take an eight. He ended up taking a 10 because he didn't hold the putt and he two-putted. But here's the big thing for me. A, I think Phil Mickelson's knows the rules inside and out. I think he did it. It was calculated. Was it disrespectful? I don't – in his mind, I don't think so. And I think – and Sean and Bill, I'm so interested in your take on this. I think over steaks and a bottle or two of, you know, Cab Sab red wine, him and Bones have talked all night long about if this happens, should I do it? And Bones is always probably saying no, no, no. And he has been with Bones for about a year. And with big brother Tim Mickelson – Phil said he wanted to do this a long time ago. He said, shoot, Tim's not going to hold me accountable. I'm going to just do it and move on to the next hole. He did it. It's a two-stroke penalty. I think he legitimately knew he wasn't going to win the tournament, Want to move on to the next hole. I think it's much to do about nothing. I really do. Um, now, that said, they probably need to change the rule. That's not in the best interest of golf. I think it should be a DQ. Yeah, him. so let me ask you a question. Phil being the leader, Phil being a well-respected player by fans and, and players alike, if four players would have done that today, let's say four players would have done the same thing today, what would the what would the what would that how would that look have been? Uh, what, what what would the uh, what would the how would it look? Yeah, they'd got a they'd got a two shot penalty and had to put a eight nine or ten or eleven on their scorecard and suffer the consequences. I think Phil knew exactly <laughs> what it was. I'm not winning the tournament. Do I want to chip this up again and redo this? I just think he was just like yeah. Oh, I loved watching. Um, I loved watching. I loved. I loved watching the Golf Channel afterwards. I don't know if you saw it, Bill, last night, but to watch the panel with Bill, Randall Chambly, Frank Nabilo, um, uh and um, David Duvall, uh, it was it was interesting to see their take. All three of them felt uh, should have been immediate disqualification. Right. They felt it was it was very against the rules. David Duvall, I loved Duvall's take. He said, if Phil thought it was that hard of a shot, he could have taken an unplayable lie. He could, which, which think of how weird that would have been. Like you're six feet from the hole. You declare it unplayable. You move it one club length to the side and p- take one stroke penalty and putt from there. Everyone would have been like, what's he doing? But it would have been a very, very smart thing to do, right? Cause you can, you can declare unplayable anywhere you want. Right. And I just thought that was a very interesting take. He said, you could have moved it one club length or two. Cause if, if you're calling it on yourself, you can move it. I think, well, I, th- I think you can move it too. Um, but interesting. Or, you, or you can keep you that point between you and the hole, go back as far as you want, but that'd be stupid. Right. Exactly. <laughs> On the yeah. So it, I, I think it was much to do about nothing, Todd. I agree with you about that. I think it, it, you know, and it will continue, but this will be something that is now talked about as part of Phil's resume. 
And so, I'm interested to hear what Bill has to say, but I think he's wanted to do this for so long. Right. Think of his struggles in the U.S. Open. It's the hardest. Uh, uh, it's the biggest test of a golfer, right? He's finished second, what, five times. Six. He's got to have a, a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. I mean, he's not human if he doesn't, right? Right. So, so We'd like to think he lives every day and says, you know what? It's a new day. He has history. I'm sure he's plus 11. He putts, and in his mind, he's like, you know what? I've wanted to do this for so long. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, Bill. Sean, talk. Uh, you know, tell me. Tell me I'm wrong. All right. So a uh, couple things. First of all, Phil and the USGA really don't get along. They, right. they've, they've had issues in the past. Uh, so he doesn't have a whole lot of respect for them. And to be quite honest, they've made um, multiple bonehead decisions in the last few years. We've talked about them on the show, right, Sean? Mike Thompson, DJ. DJ and all that stuff. So they've, they've, in fact, as shitty as Fox was on this this broadcast, it was light years better than the first two (laughs) because they were horrible. They're getting better, right? They're they're getting better, but it's it's, their little tiny incremental jumps. And I'm sure Phil – you know, seeing the condition of Shinnecock, he had he had that situation happen to him 14 years ago at the same course. How could the USGA screw this up again? So I think, you know, I'll, I'll go with you, Todd. It's possible that he had this all thought out. One day he would use it. But, you know, the fact that it was the USGA and he doesn't give a crap about them, he really doesn't. Then I think that was it. Now, I think I think that one thing I, I would have, if I there's some way to counsel Phil when he was signing his scorecard, it would have been to just have a little more um, apologize a little more because he well, came out just kind of, yeah, he came out a little bit too. He doubled down. He's toughen up. Yeah. He came out and doubled down and said, Hey, it's cool. I did. I, I, I know the rules. I used them and I'm not being, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but I'm just trying to you know do my best on the course. And I think that didn't ring, it rang kind of hollow. I think if he just would have said, Hey, like, you know, I was, it probably wasn't the right thing to do, even though it's within the rules. So I, I apologize for that. He, he gave out a lame, I apologize if someone's upset kind of a thing. He said, if you're upset, I apologize. Yeah, that's the best. That's the, that is the biggest non-apology ever, right? Sorry, right. Sorry, I offended, sorry. I apologize sorry, too. Sorry. You hear that all the time he, from athletes. Right? He, did, he, he did call Mike Davis. Don't. He did call Mike Davis last night. You know why? And said, because he was getting hammered online. Yeah. He's not, he was getting lit up. And so he sure. knew he had to call and say, hey, what did I do? Yeah, and he said, "Should I just should I DQ?" And they said, "No, could because we ruled that you hit a, hit a moving ball." And, we and we're the on. USGA, and we screw up all the time. So don't worry <laughs> right. about it. You're all good to right. go. Buddy. Ten, ten seconds each, and Shay's unmuted. I don't, I don't know if he wants to jump in, but Bill or Sean, if Bones was his caddy, would he have done it? I say no. <laughs> Uh, it's hard to say because I don't think that I don't think he looked at his caddy and said, "What should I do?" I think that was he, the heat of the moment thing. Because if, if if you watch Beef Beef Johnston, his interview after us, he he was like, I, "I didn't even know what the hell was going on." He goes, "I, was, I started laughing." Right, they were laughing it was, at each other. Here's, yeah, my point, was, here's my point: as cerebral as Bones and Phil, I think they talk golf more than they play golf, and I think Phil has pled his case. You know, Bones had. Uh, one veto a year. You've heard that story, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and Tim, and I think Tim in the back has, of Tim has zero. Like, Tim has yeah. zero. <laughs> yeah, I'm. So, I think in the back of my mind, it's like Bones in here. I'm, I I've wanted to do this for 15 years. I'm doing it. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. So. Oh well. Well, it's gonna be interesting. Um, Congratulations, uh, Brooke Kepka, though. Back yeah. to back, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, but you know the the question is, um, you know, you, Todd, you mentioned earlier that so this. Did they today, they watered the course all night. They watered the course in the morning. They set up a lot of pins in the centers of the greens, yep. even though you couldn't get to some of them. It was amazing how few people could get their, their third shot on the par five, a 16th back to the flag. That, so that pretty much won. You couldn't go long. That, that one, that one Kepka the open, I think was yep. when he got that ball all the way back to the flag. Yep. Um, but uh, you know, look, obviously Tommy Fleetwood came out and shot a 63, could have been a 62, needed yep. to have been a 62 for him to win or have a chance to win. Um, but it was just a, it was a fun tournament. We'll, we'll, we'll move on. We'll go to a birdie fest next week in Hartford. Um, <laughs> you know, the, seriously, it'll be 20 some under I, yeah. Bill. Did you notice in day one, uh, JT and tiger and DJ were in the first group or we're in the group together, right? Yeah. DJ shoots 69, 67. Yep. If you took JT and tiger's best ball, they mm-hmm. only beat DJ by three. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not, that's wow. Yeah. That tells so, the story. Yeah. So we have Patrick Reed uh, made a valiant run. I know you're, I know you're happy about that, Bill, that he did not win. Bill uh, is not heart Patrick Reed. Right, but now we have our, our hey, two. Shay, uh, two. I want you to do me a favor, Shay. When you get a chance, I want you to Wikipedia or Google Patrick Reed 
and find out why he's the most hated golfer in America, right? <laughs> Nobody wants that guy to win except Todd. But everybody no, else doesn't know. I'm just kidding. I'm not a defender. Yeah. Uh, he had a little, cheating, and Caddy, a little, little issue with cheating in college. Had to move Stealing from his roommates. Yeah. Stole from his roommates. Yeah, he – He's got and, a bad karma. And he, is, he is a cocky SOB on the course. And it's not like – I mean, I'm sure people said the same about Tiger. But it was a <laughs> – it's just different. Uh, in all fairness, I didn't want him to win, but you have to respect his good play. That's no, I don't. My no, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> you have to. No, I don't. No, I don't. You, you have to. I don't. You yeah. can't tell me what to do unless you're in the room with me. That's unless different. you're Cindy, right? <laughs> unless your name is Cindy Risser, yeah. That's right. Um, what was the other uh, – I was going to tell you one other thing, a uh, piece of information about uh, – well, I'll come back. It'll come back to me. So. All right. So Good. Kepka wins. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood with a, another top finish. Uh, DJ – Patrick Reed coming off the Masters once again. He's that's a nice finish one and four, um, and uh, and t- Tony Finau with a with a taste, you know. Yeah. Berger and the Finau team. both come back from eleven strokes back. Two guys in both Saturday's round and Sunday's round. You saw a guy come from way back with yep. some good scores, and just once again the attrition of the course and the pressure of of hitting those shots um, to exactly the right spots were were pretty impressive. Yep, very cool. So, all right, let's talk some World Cup. Let's get Shea on this. Let's get Todd on this. Uh, arguably the biggest event in all of sports, uh, when you're talking from a global perspective, absolutely, um, is the World Cup. Uh, I've not seen a single match, but Todd, why don't you sort of take the host reins here and, and, and invite Shea in. Uh, go ahead, Bill. You want to go, jump easy, in go easy on yourself, Sean. It's early. I mean, they, they, there have been like six matches, and there's going to yeah. be – I was going to say, there's always tomorrow, Sean. I will, yeah, I I will, I will certainly tune in and watch some, and certainly some of the bigger, bigger matches. But um, I think, Todd, why don't we just start with probably the biggest? uh, I guess we can call it an upset, but Germany is picked by a lot of people uh, as to defend their title. Uh, They lose a a game to another team that U.S. sees a lot, and that's Mexico. Um, Why don't you start with that game and then walk through the other games that we've seen? Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, Germany's the uh, defending champs, right? Um, they they won the uh, 2014 World Cup. Um, Mexico is is a team that literally have gone through five uh, managers, coaches, whatever you want to call them, since the last World Cup. I mean, they're um, they got great players. Um, I think they lack maybe some direction, maybe a philosophy. And uh, the more you follow soccer and I hope Shea can chime in on this. A lot of it's just a philosophy of play. It's here's what we're going to do. Here's the way we're going to attack it. Um, And so unlike other sports, uh, you have to win or you're gone. So that said, Germany lost one nothing Mexico, and that was huge. Um, Bill, I told you and Sean, I was in a World Cup pool, and uh, my brother-in-law chose Brazil, which is a smart choice. Uh, They ended up tying, I think, right, Shea? One-one, yep. Germany lost one to to Mexico. So the good news, bad news, Sean, is there's a lot to be played. So to to let the listeners know, right now we're in group play. So every one of the group plays each other, right? So it's three points for a win, one point for a draw, zero point for for a loss. And then after you play all of them, the top two teams advance. And then you come into, uh, is it called knockout play, I think? Um, Knockout. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Shay, well, I mean, uh, jump on. Um, I, I I talked about Germany and and, um, and by 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 no means Germany's not eliminated. They, they got to just they can't lose now. They can't even have a draw probably from here on out. No, right? so so Mexico and Germany are, are one two. They are in the quote unquote group of death because I think Switzerland is is not bad. So they they probably ought to win. But Germany's still alive, and that would be if they don't advance. That would be that would be huge. That'd be a yeah. huge upset. So, again, of the four teams in each group, A through F, I think, A through A, um, two, the top two survive. All right. So, World Cup, I, I love this time of the year because you see people from all different countries and they're just so excited about their country and it's a true sense of nationalism, right? So, everyone's just excited. They put everything else to the side and they just want to go and support their country through soccer. Um, and you're looking at some of the best athletes, all they do is run. They just run, 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 but it's extremely physical at the same time. Um, today, for instance, uh, you spoke on the Germany-Mexico game. So Brazil tied Switzerland today, 1-1. Um, Brazil has a guy, I don't know if you heard of him, uh, 
Neymar plays for Brazil. Yeah. And he's, uh, <laughs> that little guy? Yeah. <laughs> um, if you watch the game today, you just saw foul after foul after foul after foul. Um, I want to say Neymar was fouled 10 or 11 times in one game today, which is incredible for soccer. Just one player being targeted that many times. But, you know, that, I mean, you look at these countries and a lot of times they have one guy and it's easy to key on one guy and then make the rest of the team do the work. Um, go is, back. Is that, that's intentional. And, um, and but you can just keep running other guys at them. And as long as you're not getting too blatant, you're not going to get a yellow card or get in trouble. Yeah. Wow. It's kind of like hack a shack for yeah. something, right? Yeah. Wow. Um, I want to call out something on World Cup and go back to Friday. Just rewind back to Friday. Uh, Portugal, Spain. It was a great game. Oh, if any of you guys saw Portugal. I, I did hear that was an amazing game. Yeah, yeah Ronaldo has a hat trick. So he three <laughs> goals in a World Cup, and they still don't win. Three, three, two, one. <laughs> wow. And those two are those two are the one, two in the group. And then, Shay, talk about Argentina. Messi, the world's best player, right? Oh, he does it again. He misses a PK. He missed a penalty <laughs> kick to win. <laughs> and so they end up tying Iceland? Yes. Uh, how Iceland. is it? How – how many are in Iceland? What's the population, Bill? I think you mean 140,000. So what's in Connecticut or Delaware? Right? <laughs> More than that, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's like a tenth of Connecticut. It's, it's crazy. It's, yeah, that is amazing. That is so amazing. Let me ask a question to, to Todd and, and Shay and, and, and Bill, you know more than I do. So on on Twitter, I believe I saw the Iceland, someone tweeted about Iceland, right? Played Argentina. And their take was that the goalie stopped the penalty kick. What is it a miss or is it a stop? Well, what, like or or I understand if you airmail the, the the goal, it's a miss, right? If you, I can, if you I can okay, yeah. So it, you got to put it in the cage, right? You got to put it in the cage. Right. So um, for the goalie and, and Bill and Shay jump in, it's a guess. It's Absolutely, really, yep. it's kind of yeah. like it's actually you can compare it to a baseball hitter. You got like one second to guess, right? Then you could argue. I think a pitcher may throw a little faster. It's a blink of an eye. So usually the goalie guesses either way. So the responsibility of the um, the, the guy kicking the free kicks is to put it in the cage. But that said, then there is some some shots that the goalie guesses right, and there's no way in the world he's going to ever save it because the, the guy who kicks penalty kick, Messi, puts it in a spot that is you're not human. You're never going to make that, right? Right, so, yeah. The first, uh, the first critique is put it on cage, and then there's easy saves. If he guesses the right way, is it easy save or not? So, I don't know. Shay, what do you think? I would think, hey, Shay, I'll ask you this question maybe. Um, much like, you know, uh, catchers and pitchers have, you know, charts on hitters, what kind of pitches they oh. like, there's got to be those goalies know. If it's messy, he's, 80, yeah. he's 77% he's going to go right versus, you know, 23% left, whatever. There's got to be some breakdown, right, that the, they're aware of. It's still a guessing game, but maybe it's an educated guessing game. Oh, absolutely. I mean, these goalies look at film of the tendencies of these the shooters that are taking these penalty kicks yeah. because you're going to know it. I mean, does he stutter his steps first? Or if he leads with his right foot, is he going to come back left? Is he going to go higher? Is he going to go low? These are tendencies that are studied because there's only so many guys that are going to take PKs. And as a goalie, you have one job. <laughs> you have Pretty one simple. job. Well, let me ask you this, Bill. Wouldn't 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 Messi have those same stats on himself? It says, "Well, I go seventy seven percent to the right, so oh, maybe this knows. time I'm gonna I'm gonna go left because absolutely." But maybe you know, I'm sure in the, in the heat of the moment, it's you know, he wants to go with maybe what his what he feels you like. Rely what you do. Well. Yeah. yeah, it is funny. You know, you watch the uh, you watch like the girls softball, and they got those little things on their wrists, you yep. know, and they, and they look they get, they get this call from their coach, and then they look to okay, so that I'm gonna pitch away a curveball away, you know, yeah. a rise ball in, you know. Yeah. Um, so let me so, ask Shay real quick. To me, it's 100% pressure, not 100%, 90% pressure on the gentleman taking the penalty kick. To me, the goalie, if he says it, it's a, he's a hero. If he doesn't, then oh well. <laughs> they did what they're supposed to do. Do you agree with that? I, I do agree to a certain extent, Todd. So I feel under penalty kicks, penalty kicks only, the pressure is on the shooter, on, on the striker. Yeah, I think when you get into a situation where you're looking at a shootout at the end of the game, like in a knockout phase, the pressure falls on the goalie in that instance. So. Really? Hmm. I don't know if I agree with that. I think uh, – and, again, I, I'm not saying I'm right, but I'm saying goalie could guess either way and hopefully he saves it. 
but the the, the the striker, if he doesn't score, it's it's devastating, right? It's devastating the country. Right? Well, it's, in this case in particular, I mean, Messi's been here before. You yeah. look at the knockout phase last year or the last World Cup, and he's been in this spot before. This isn't the first time that he's kind of come up short for PK. And I want to say this is the third mm. time that he's actually missed a PK for Argentina. So, wow. So, so Shay, what what are the games this week? We, we mentioned England coming up tomorrow versus Tunisia. Tunisia. Uh, what other big games are in part of this? We're still in the first round or, or opening round of what, whatever it's called, but what group are some other play. games you have circled? Group play. Yeah. Uh, when you're looking at group play, one of the teams I like to watch is uh, Colombia. They're going to play on Tuesday. Colombia and Japan. It'll yep. be a early Tuesday morning. I think that'll be an interesting game to watch. And um, that pretty much closes out for the first round games in group play. But when you look at the second round in group play, um, you want to see what Portugal does. If Portugal is able to land three points, you want to find out if Brazil can land three points against Costa Rica. Um, Germany's got to win, right? Must win. Yeah, a lot, of the, a lot of the powerhouses that tied and was able to land one point, they have to land three points in their next game or the pressure is really on them. You look at, um, we talk about Spain, we talk about Argentina, uh, Germany, Brazil, all those teams, they have to come up big in their next match. So who's been the most impressive that you've seen, Shay, or that you've at least read about? I, I, I know, you know, you talk about Spain and Portugal, but they, they walk away with a draw. Um, they scored three goals, which is three more than a lot of teams scored in their first game. But I think Russia scored four, maybe, or maybe Five. more than that. Five? <laughs> Five. Yeah. Yeah. So, what, who stood out, Todd or, or Shea, as as uh, wow? They're looking they're looking good and playing well. I'll, I'll jump in, Shea, and then please follow up. But Russia, Saudi Arabia, that was a that was a was um, that the toilet bowl of the uh, World that, Cup? That was the toilet bowl. That was the <laughs> thirty one and thirty two ranked teams. Yeah. In the, so good oh, for really? Russia. Okay. You got to win and move on. But that was that was a mirage. That's <laughs> what we're looking for. Yeah. So. I mean, it's Brazil, Germany, they're 1-2. Spain and France are 3-4. Then you have um, Belgium, and I'm missing one, Shay. But then you have the second tiers, the Portugal's, Portugal's England's. There, it's um, – who knows? You just got to advance the, uh, the group play, and then, then it really gets interesting. Then you get into the Denmark's and your Croatia's. They're nice kind of in the middle of the – yeah, they're kind of middle of the pack. Serbia, right? Think- Serbia's legit. They could they could cause some damage. Um, I was impressed with Brazil, even though they they landed a tie today. Uh, I thought they were loaded, right? They're they, loaded. they have so many weapons, and they attacked early. They attack early, but the problem with Brazil, um, we talk about in basketball all the time. You let your foot off the gas late. You start playing. You start playing to run that clock, and you know it's a running clock in soccer. And so you're just playing around, playing around, and before you know it, boom, it's tied up one one. Now what do you do? You run out of time, yeah. Yeah. Jump on, Sean. It's it's fun. Jump yeah, I'll definitely watch it. You know, I, I remember the uh the handball by Zinedane Zinedane or whatever. Zidane <laughs> Zinedane, uh uh with France. Uh you know, I, I do remember some of the big moments, but uh you know, we'll see what we'll see what happens as we go down. But obviously lots of activity. When does the when does the when is the game? When is the championship game? Is this not till August? Oh, yeah. July fourteenth. July fourteenth. Yeah. July. Oh, okay. It's a, month. it's a whole month. Yeah. It's a full month. Yeah. Okay. And- I got I got something for both uh, for for Todd and and really Sean and Shay, but Todd and Shay mostly. There, I listened to Jeremy Schaap this morning. It's always my his uh, little his one hour at six o'clock Eastern in the morning every Sunday. He talks to some pretty cool people. And this was guy's name is Roger Bennett. He's yeah yeah he's, he's um, hilarious, <clears throat> right? Two two jackets. What's the what's the name of the show? Uh, Man and Blazers. It's called yeah, Man and Blazers. Yeah. yeah. So he's got a podcast out called American Fiasco, and it is how not to win a World Cup. And it was done. Uh, it was. It's all about the 1998 U.S. Men's Team and what they did to just totally get. And they did. They didn't get a group play. I think Iran. They lost to Iran. Yeah. <laughs> so the Iran Gate issue. But uh, it's it's a t- it's a ten episode podcast with a couple of bonus episodes where they interview the key players in that whole thing and how it all fell apart. And I don't I wasn't pl- paying attention to soccer much back then, but I'm going to listen to it because it just sounds fascinating. And Roger Bennett's a crack up. I mean he's he's just this kind of you know wisecracking British dude that was very funny on the uh, on the on the uh, uh, Shap show this morning. So it's called American Fiasco. So so uh, Roger and his partner uh, I can't remember his name, but they have a show called Men in Blazers on yes. MBCSN. 
Um, but a side note, Roger Bennett actually is an Everton fan from England. He said he that. Just, he just got his U.S. citizenship. Oh, good. Uh, he, another he, reason to uh, check him out and like him, right? Yeah, his joke, his joke was very funny. Or he, he talked about uh, how things are negative for him. He said, he said, I have three strikes against me. The first one is, you know, I, um, I think it was that he's English or something. Second, he's Everton English. fan. Yeah, Jewish and third was Everton. He goes, so I'm like yeah. a triple loser or something. <laughs> and like he, he just went into this whole thing about uh, negativity. And I, I'm telling you, it'll be a hilarious. So American fiasco. Look for it on iTunes and Stitcher and Overcast. It should be great. And check out Men and Blazers if you want to learn more about soccer. So there you go. Hey, guys, I know we're finishing up the soccer segment. I wanted to um, – you guys are critical of Fox's broadcast of the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. I think Fox is doing a fantastic job with the World Cup. Um, mm-hmm. Even their online, they have different um, different channels. So if you're you're a supporter of France, you can go on and you can listen to the France channel and view the France stats and and see it from an angle there. They have the coaches cam, similar to what uh, ESPN does in like the uh, the national championship. So you're seeing it where you can see the entire field and you can actually see the formations and the plays developing. And then you can do it from the other team perspective. And then they have a traditional broadcast as well. I love it. I love every bit of it, especially if you're not a huge soccer fan. You're able to get the stats and you're able to get the perspective from the team or the, the nation that you're actually rooting for. So I, I think that's pretty cool. Good. Good kudos there to Fox. Uh, so the, the all these games are being played in Russia all across the country, right? Yep. Okay. So um, who, who get, who's got 2022? Is it Cutter? <laughs> I don't know, I'm we not, have 2026. That's all I mean. Yeah, I thought it was something really. Uh, we I share that one, right? That's, that's, the, the, that's yeah. the NAFTA, right? The NAFTA one with Canada and uh, Mexico. Yeah, yeah. It's 2026. Yeah. So it's, yeah. a, it's a it's a North North America is hosting it. Yep. Yeah. I, but, Bill, I need to dig into 2022. I don't, I don't know. I think it is. I, you say Qatar, I say Qatar, or vice versa. <laughs> right. Yeah. It is. At. It is. It is Qatar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. 2022. And they, there was some kind of FIFA scandal about that, the way they purchased it. I, you know, they're obviously FIFA, FIFA. scandal. What? Yeah, <laughs> they've, <laughs> gone, they've gone through uh, some major ordeals over the years, and it, yeah, there's so much money involved in that World Cup. I mean, it's I, I don't think we we don't really comprehend what that what that's all about. You know, we we think the Super Bowl's huge. It's not. It's a drop in the bucket compared to what goes yeah. on over the World Cup. So. Bill, I didn't want to say you know we're as we head into the slower time uh, when when the World Cup goes away and. We're waiting on the British Open. You know, you talk about Jeremy Shap, his dad, Dick Shap, you know, one of those top 10 voices in sports that we remember for, for our days. You know, the Dick Enbergs, the, yep. the Vince Scullys, you know, just the, the Joe Garagiolas, you know, just the names that – but Dick Shap, man, was just, you know, the yep. old school sports reporters on Sundays. And when you listen to – Way Jeremy, before PTI. Oh, yeah. Jeremy sounds a lot like his dad. It's pretty cool. He does. He's got that yeah. same cadence, and uh, yeah, yeah. I like him a lot. So. A little squeaky. His voice gets kind of squeaky. Yeah, it does. Every once in a while, yeah. Yeah, and in honor of your two dads who passed away way too young, uh, Dick died of uh, hip surgery. He was having hip surgery, which my dad had both his hip replaced and he had no issue. So it was it was very fluky. Uh, R.I.P. Dick Shap. Right. Yeah. Yep. Let me just uh, throw some some medical knowledge on you. Um, or the your leg where your femur hooks into your hip is is there, called the, the femur acetabulum. Uh, and I remember that because I, in, in, in anatomy class, I named that a bar and I said, the bar, the femur acetabulum is a real hip joint. And that's how I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds I, like I, you, John. <laughs> I, I had my finger on the stop recording button and I should have went with my gut. I should have went with my gut. Instead, <laughs> no, it's going to be out there. Bill and Shea, that's only a glimpse of what I lived through. Oh, I, will, I will never, ever forget. The joint, if that's ever on HQ, I'm going to win. It will be question 12, and I will walk away with oh. my hands up. Femur acetabulum, hip joint. All right, boys, let's talk baseball. <laughs> um, let, me just, let me just run through the, the division leaders right now, and then I want to throw some stats out to you of what's ha- what we're seeing so far this year. Uh, American League, uh, New York-Boston tied. Tied, you know, once again, separating themselves uh, from the division as two of the best. Uh, Cleveland uh, had a big lead heading into this week. Uh, battled Minnesota, didn't fare too well, but they still hold, I believe, a two-and-a-half game lead. And Houston, listen to this, Houston just won their 11th in a row today, yet they only lead Seattle by one-and-a-half games. Seattle's 7-3 and three in their last 10 games, playing really good because their pitching is outstanding right now. 
it's it's almost like the Rockets and Golden State Warriors, <laughs> right? They went some yeah. long stretches and during the regular season where they couldn't really get separate separate. Yeah, so Houston wins eleven and still only has a game and a half lead over in over in the West. Uh, Shea and Todd's Atlanta Braves still hanging on. Uh, there you go. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. The Braves aren't hanging on. The Braves have the best record in the National League. That's more than hanging on. In okay. your face, Cart. Right. Wow. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah, I know Julio, Julio Teron came back from the DL this week, so that's that's good news for the Braves. He pitched six no-hit innings today. Nice. And then the seventh uh, guy took over the seventh, I can't remember, he gave a hit. So that's a, that's a great uh, uh, comeback start, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. Absolutely. Uh, in the Central, Chicago and Milwaukee are tied. Uh, and out West, Arizona, uh, Diamondbacks are, are in a lead where I believe three of the four teams have held the first place uh, in that, but the Dodgers have not. Brewers um, are a little bit of spread, but, right? but the Dodgers are are coming on. So yeah. that that's going to be the toughest division in baseball. That there, yeah, no doubt. A lot of lot no of doubt, and and, and really, I think the key to that division is can can those teams when they play outside the division can they yeah. you know get a couple sweeps? Yeah. Um, you know, when they play the, when they play the Reds, you know, you got to sweep them. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the teams that that are at the bottom of the uh, of the totem pole. Um, just pulled up some stats. I just want to throw these out. Uh, leading home runs right now. Uh, Mike Trout in the AL with twenty three. Bryce Harper with 19. So two, two of the biggest names kind of in baseball uh, from a fan standpoint, from a youth standpoint. Did you guys like that stat I threw at you uh, the other day about where, where Mike Trout ranks right now in the history of baseball and the only five guys above him were like Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, um, you know, Joe DiMaggio. company, right? Oh my God. Ted Williams. Yeah. He's, Um, he is uh, another generational player, I would say. Yeah. Um, He hit two home runs last uh, two nights ago, and one of them was a line drive that that barely got twenty five feet off the ground, and it and it went out to dead center in like wow. th- four and a half seconds. Laser, huh? Oh, I mean, it was just an absolute seed uh, that went out. So very impressive. Um, RBIs: JD Martinez in Boston with fifty five, and Trevor Story out in Colorado with fifty four. Don't don't sleep um, on don't sleep on um, on uh, Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt's coming on hot the last two weeks, and if he his swing is working. He'll, he'll catch Bryce uh, by the All-Star break so for home runs. Okay. Okay. Um, on the pitching side, uh, Corey Kluber and um, Severino in New York. Luis Severino, I believe is his name, uh, 10 wins. And Scherzer in, in Washington with 10 wins. Old Maxie. Uh, ERA. A- ERA, listen to this. Justin, only two pitchers have a below two ERA. Uh, Justin Verlander, 1.61. I've heard of that guy. And Jake Degrom, and is he forty nine? He's older than I am. God, he's he's yeah, he's up there, but he's also married to Kate. Uh, (laughs) Who's that? All right, Bill. Kate Upton. Yeah, Uh, Jake Degrom at one point five five. And listen to this, Bill. Uh, Max Scherzer uh, leading the majors in strikeouts with one hundred and fifty two. He's got twenty seven. I believe twenty seven more strikeouts than any other pitcher. He is the closest thing to unhittable that's going out there every night. He is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And listen to this stat. Corey Kluber with his 10 wins. So I think he's pitched 14 games, 11 walks. Wow. <laughs> Only 11 walks. I think the next closest pitcher who's got as many games has like 33. Um, yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's unbelievable. Back in my childhood, uh, Randy Jones was a pitcher for the San Diego Padres. And this is the hapless Padres in the uh, mm. mid 70s. They were horrible. Randy Jones was 16 and three at the All Star break one year. Um, notorious for uh, just throwing a sinker that people beat in the ground. And he also was notorious for games that finished under two hours because he would just <laughs> get the ball and throw, get the ball and throw, get the ball and throw. He uh, tied. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get this wrong on the uh, cam. I'm not going to guess, but he tied the record for innings, consecutive innings pitch without a walk at 63 innings without a walk. Think about that. Wow. <laughs> you just put it over the plate and let him hit it. Who, what was uh what was Hershiser's stat uh, without a run? Fifty five. In fact, I was at that game <laughs> when he set that record. It was in San Diego Stadium. Fifty five and a third or something innings without an earned run. Jeez, think about that. Hey. That's just crazy. Hey, yeah. Quick story, Bill. When I first moved to Atlanta, uh, grab a six pack of beer and my radio outside. Maddox pitched a complete game in an hour and 56 minutes. Yeah. It was like crazy. Yeah. You don't see that anymore, right? Well, Jim, Jim Cott, and then we'll go back. Jim Cott was a pitcher for the Phillies. Also, just get the ball throw, get the ball throw. He and Randy Jones combined, you, know, you can look it up. I think it was about an hour 21. 
Wow. Hour and 21 minutes, nine inning game done. Unbelievable. <laughs> so it can be done. It can be done. That's awesome. So um, NCAA baseball, College World Series going on uh, yesterday, North Carolina and Mississippi State, uh, both advance. Um, tale of two games, UNC, Oregon State, uh, eight to six. No home runs, but I think uh, 22 hits, um, a lot of activity. Uh, then the Mississippi State game, uh, Mississippi State was playing Washington, Washington in, the, in for the first time. Uh, and that game goes to a one nothing victory. Mississippi State wins in the bottom of the ninth um, to advance. Uh, today, uh, Arkansas, Texas was in a long, long, long rain delay. Uh, I believe they just got uh, finished on that one. Arkansas was up 11 to two before we went on the air. Um, Texas Tech plays Florida for the last of the four opening round games, but that they're not estimating that game now is going to start until close to 10 o'clock Eastern wow. time. Wow. So be a late one. Um, yep. That's a, uh, that's a big field. You see, it's, it's funny when you watch the, the like overhead shots, the outfielders are playing almost like little league softball. You know, there's 40 feet behind them to the warning track um, because it's just such a deep cavernous ballpark, you know, compared to the Rosenblatt that we remember bill yeah. uh, where the ping of the bat was, you know, where, where, what was the name of the old uh, Fulton County stadium? Todd and Shea launching pad. <laughs> yeah. The launching pad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it, that was three hard to believe that was two stadiums ago, you know, um, Ted Turner Field. Has Ted Turner Field been torn down yet, Todd, or is it? So now it's the um, home of Georgia State football. Oh, okay. So it's, they converted they to football stadium. It. Now uh, Georgia State uh, University, is, that's their football stadium. They uh, killed some of the seats. I think it holds like 20,000. But, but, yeah, it's okay. really perfect. So let's, um, let's jump – finish up with some NBA, uh, NBA free agency. Uh, where's let's LeBron come back going, to- Shay? Shay, where's LeBron going? Just answer the question. Yeah. If I knew, I'd be in Vegas right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so no let's, one knows. Let's, no turn one over knows. To, let's turn over to Shay just to find out. A couple big stories. The, the, the name I probably saw more this week than, than oh. LeBron James was Kawhi Leonard. Why, yeah. Um, a lot of activity and talk about Kawhi Leonard possibly going to Indiana now is kind of a, the last thing I saw. Shay, why don't you open up the door on what we're seeing with LeBron and, and Kawhi and, and who else might be on the move uh, that, that could impact a lot of things. So Kawhi didn't play much this year. Kawhi had an injury this year, and no one knows how healthy Kawhi really is. And He didn't play a lot of games this year, but um, he had a meeting with the San Antonio Spurs earlier this week. And after the meeting, it was pretty clear that he didn't want to stay in San Antonio. Um, he is under contract, so if he left, it would have to be via trade. Um, Kawhi is a Southern California guy, went to uh, San Diego State, and uh, I think he wants to head back to California. But the problem is, San Antonio doesn't want to trade him in the Western Conference. So, <laughs> of well, course, you don't want to – you know his value. You don't want to play against them. So, um, right. so there are some other teams that are popping up. Your Phillies, your Boston's, Indiana. I've even heard Toronto, as far as the East, maybe a contender for Kawhi. Um, and then traditionally, you hear your big names, the Lakers, the Clippers, Houston as well um, on that list. Is there um, any way to tie LeBron to Kawhi? I mean, wouldn't he want to play with him? So – the rumor is that Kawhi wants to get back to L.A. Kawhi getting back to L.A. would lure enough to bring LeBron to L.A. via free agency. L.A. does have space. If they acquired Kawhi, would it be via trade? They do have space to acquire two max free agents um, on the market as well. Another name that's been kind of linked to it is Paul George. So if you can tie in LeBron, Paul George, and Kawhi, maybe the Lakers will be back to a super team again. Wow. Hmm. Wow. And the Lakers super teams have worked out pretty good in the past, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily. So it's, it's one of those things. That's why I say and, that, you know. But um, so, I mean, we've talked about it on here before. I was a huge Showtime Lakers fan when, when James Worthy and Magic sure. and Green were there. Michael but, Cooper. I mean, yeah, but I think back to the last time I feel the Lakers tried to build a true super team. Well, I can't say the last time. But when Shaq, when you had Shaq and um, – Gary Payton and Carl Malone and Kobe all on the same team. It was a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> so it's only one basketball. It's only one basketball and you got to play a team game. Yep. So, so LeBron was in Houston, I believe looking at private schools uh, this week, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's moving around. Tell, tell me, tell me, uh, tell me who the Suns are taking with the first pick Shay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> DeAndre Aiden. I mean, it fell in their lap. So yeah. the draft, by the way, Thursday. The NBA draft is on Thursday. 
DeAndre Ayton. Edition stare down? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, Todd, you may have a lot of action there in Atlanta, too. The Hawks are rumored to uh, have Dennis Schroeder on the trading block. So maybe more acquire some more draft picks. It's more action than <laughs> um, Yeah, DeAndre Ayton, he's, he's a beast. Like, he's built like, uh, he's built like David Robinson. He's 18 years old. Cool story about DeAndre Ayton. He didn't play basketball until high school. He's from the Bahamas. His sport of choice was volleyball. Wow. <laughs> and now he'll be the number one pick in the NBA draft. <laughs> and he's, he, he's at U of A, right? Correct. And so stays in state. That's all good for him. I mean, he's like that. 100, 120 yeah, so, miles up by 10. <laughs> so this is one of the cool things about the NBA draft. Anything can happen on draft night. So the draft's on Thursday. Out of the first 15 picks – you have one European player. You have one junior. The other, the other thirteen projected picks are all freshmen in college. Wow! wow. And so, what was the? There was some talk this week about the NBA. Uh, Adam Silver coming out and saying the one and done thing is going to be reevaluated. What does that mean? Does that mean they're going to get rid of it um, in favor of the players or in favor of the colleges? I think it may be in favor more of the college. Um, you haven't seen it this year, but in the past, you've actually had guys. The rule right now is you have to be one year removed out of high school. You don't have to go to college for that year. Right. So you have some guys that will turn professional and go play ball. I can think of uh, Brandon Jennings, little brother. He went, Well, Brandon Jennings, he chose to forfeit going to college and went to play overseas so he can get paid as a professional and then enter the NBA draft after that. You have to be one year removed from high school. So okay. I think that may be where the tweet comes in. Interesting. Can can you really tell them you have to be two years removed from high school? I mean, you think about that. That seems like a NFL does. Yeah, well, no, I think they're yeah. 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 And and and, Mar- and you know Maurice Claret sued them and they won. They won, yeah. And, and NFL won, so hmm. um, I, I I think it's be hard like to telling somebody they can't earn a living. That's really yeah. weird. You know, that's yeah. seems monopolistic to me. And that's and that's what Maurice Claret <laughs> argued. You know, Maurice yeah. Claret yeah. argued that. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, somehow. Money talks, right? And, and the NCAA makes a ton of money on this. Yeah. A ton yeah. of money. Yeah. yeah. So it works so, out great uh, for them. Shea Marvin Bagley, he'll be one of the top picks, right? Marvin Bagley's a projected top three. Uh, I see his name linked to Sacramento a lot. And, and Luka Doncic is the one you're talking about, the one European, right? Yeah, I like Luka, man. Luka, tell, me about, Luka. tell me about him. Big guy, right? No, Luca's actually a guard. He's one of the true point guards that are actually in his draft. But but, it, uh, but he's he's a big height wise guy. He's not he's not like a five foot five guy, right? Six nine point guard. Yeah, six nine. Yeah, <laughs> magic magic size. He's not big. He's not big. <laughs> magic size. Yeah, six nine point guard. He's played professionally. Well, six eight six nine. Um, I think he's listed as six nine, but I think he's his real height is more towards the six eight range. Um, coming over. Uh, Slovenia, Slovenia. He's coming over from Slovenia. Um, he's played professionally for years. He, uh, he won the Euro. He led his team to the Euro Cup this year. Uh, last two years, they went to the finals. This year, they actually won the Euro Cup there. Um, so he has professional experience overseas, and we'll see if it translates to the NBA. Awesome. So we'll we'll get some more insights, and maybe, like I said, Todd, maybe we'll do a a, a show on Thursday, I, or you guys can do one. So I don't. No, I'm in. I'm in. I don't, I don't know many of the players, but uh, I can be silent for sixty minutes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. It's been a been a good show. It's been a been a, been a fun uh, conversation. Obviously, about heavy on the U.S. Open and World Cup. Uh, Bill, tell us what you got coming up this week. Uh, you gave us a little sneak peek on Thursday or uh, on Wednesday, but tell us about your your host, your guests coming up on the real estate sessions this week. Yeah, so I'm, I'm interviewing a, a relatively new agent in this space. Her name is Sheena Reagan. She's a uh, um, been in the business a year after spending seven years in the title industry, which is I think is a cool move to take that take away that guaranteed you know kind of paycheck and go do the real tough work of being a realtor. But she's also a very funny stand-up comedian, and I um, I think I think you're really going to enjoy the conversation we have. So Sheena Reagan uh, with my Sean. Uh, let's see if I can do this right. Myloff Abishan Realty in Cape Coral, Florida. Wow. Say that twice. Um, and, and where will you be this week? You working, working out of the house, working out of home office? What are you going to do? Yeah, I'm, I'm here in uh, Tampa the whole, the whole week. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a little presentation for a mastermind group tomorrow on RPR. I don't know, Sean, we've talked about this in the past, mm-hmm. but oh my gosh, I, I have a 
put together a put together a session I call RPR in the wild, channeling a little Sean Carpenter. But I don't do any kind of tying into wild animals or stuff like you would do. Um, but but I I just think that people think of RPR as just a simple tool to do CMAs. There are so many opportunities, whether it's open houses or it's you know a way to you know provide information to a lead that, that RPRs they're spending twenty four million dollars a year. $21 of your dues each year goes to pay for this. And what, 10% of realtors use it? So big fan. So I'm going to talk, actually I actually have two sessions for that this week. That's my, my. Yeah. Guilty as charged. I, need, I, yeah. I need a web in. You need to zoom, 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 uh, zoom in on one of the classes for me and I'll watch from right. my, watch from my sidelines. All right. Todd, what's going on with you, buddy? Hey, Sean. Uh, once again, just, uh, happy to, uh, have this conversation, you and Bill and Shay. Um, Looking forward to it every week. Um, so business as usual for me, uh, work-wise. Uh, I'm charged with closing work and uh, better relationships, having fun and solving problems, as you well know. But uh, focusing on uh, gratitude and perspective this year, um, this week, I'm sorry. So woke up this morning. My kids are in Denver. Just wanted to be there with them. But uh, my son won his lacrosse tournament. My daughter's awesome. Called my dad. He's doing great on the beach. He's 82. And then talk to you and Bill, uh, you know, understanding your situations. Uh, we lost your dad's way too young. So just trying to keep things in perspective and uh, be grateful. So uh, that's, that's uh, I think if you do that in your personal life, it transitions over your professional life. And that's what I'm going to focus on. And uh, certainly grateful to, to talk to you this week and every week. So thank yeah, you. Man. Thanks for being on with us. Shay, what do you got coming up this week, man? You staying, staying local? I will. I'll be local this week. Uh, end of the month, try to finish out strong as far as uh, as far as the sales game goes. It's a grind every every week, but uh, finish out strong this week and uh, get geared up for the uh, the beginning of the month and Shane. NBA free agency on July first. Whoa, 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 whoa. sales is a grind. Wait, wait. <laughs> we may need to spend an hour on that. Yeah, <laughs> Shana with y'all week. No, she left out today actually. Okay. She went to uh, visit her father in Orlando today. So. Okay. God bless uh, Southwest flying in and out of uh, PDX, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lord, knows, Lord knows I'm making my share of trips to the airport. So. <laughs> right. Good, good. Well, for me, guys, it's, uh, it's a couple days in the house uh, and um, just getting some work done. And then I head to uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, Bill, for Alyssa and Lynn's wedding. Uh, so, oh, sweet. Uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah. very excited to see see two of our good friends uh uh, move on to the next chapter in our lives and then uh, uh road trip back and uh, finish up the month with a couple closings. So happy about that. Nice. So guys, good talking to you. Let's uh, we'll start tuning into some different sports. Uh, World cup continues tomorrow uh, with they finished the final round of group play or the final first cycle of group play. As we continue on, uh, we'll talk more about it each episode of the stare down. Uh, don't forget to follow us at the stare down cast on Twitter. We'd love to uh, have some more followers there. Uh, and you can always follow Bill and Todd and I on Twitter as well. We're very active on there during the week. So on behalf of Bill and Todd and Shay, I'm Sean Carpenter, and thanks for listening to The Stare Down.